Hello there, and welcome to Babylon with the boys. I'm Carstervey. Um and yeah, I'm enjoying Buffy. Oh good. I have to say I'm still enjoying Buffy. I was editing the video of when I told you <laughs> about Buffy, and you're just like <gasps> it's so great. I love I love yeah, your yeah. reaction when I originally told you. But Giles is great. Giles is still my favorite character. Yeah. Um, seems like some interesting stuff is going down. I'm excited to see where it goes. Good. Very good, sir. Um, Camille is now also watching it. So we got two. I got two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two people. Now I just have um, 7.5 billion people left. It's fine. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. My mission will not stop. Um, oh, yeah, it's my turn yeah. to introduce myself. <laughs> yeah, no, my name is Spencer Fleming, Spence the Chef, and um, I watched a lot of movies that I hadn't seen before this week, um, including Drive, which I really liked. <clears throat> oh, you never you never seen Drive and you watched it? No, yeah, but I watched Sick. it. it was I love good. that scorpion jacket. It's like, it's sexy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's like, the only way to describe it is if kind of like if Baby Driver was like introspective and yes. not kind of like Baby Driver is like a fun movie. Drive is kind of like a a less fun. <laughs> it's very less fun. I'll say that. Yeah, it's it's kind of about like the acceptance. It's a, it's about acceptance, really. But today yeah. we're not talking about movies. No. Oh my god. It's been a while since we haven't talked about movies. It's been a while since we haven't talked about movies. But we're we're talking about something in the industry, in the kind of like, in the story industry. But yeah, the story in weird ways. I'm going to be talking about wrestling, my my pride and joy. Um, and Spencer is going to be talking about 90 day fiance yeah my um my pride and joy i don't know if i'd say <laughs> pride but definitely it's my joy oh. <laughs> oh it's uh it keeps me it keeps me warm it keeps me warm so well <laughs> if i just started singing. you know the song right it keeps me warm, son. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, that that's like a flashback to 2014. Yeah, my mom loved that song. Didn't everyone's mom love that song? Yeah, I have to. I have to say so. She was yeah, like, I like this like, kind of rap. Yeah, give exactly. me more of this kind of rap. That type of thing. And then, and then the best part is like, they're like, yeah, it's so like brave and stuff. And I'm like, I don't think Macklemore is gay. I think he just made his song. And then they're like, well, okay. no, if you well, listen to it, it's still good. If you listen to it, then yes, no, it's not, no, he's not gay. No, he's like, not. When I was third grade, I thought that was gay because I could draw who my, I think he said I could draw who my uncle was. I don't something. know. I don't let's, know what he says. I think actually. The thing is, his uncle is gay. Like he has two uncles. Yeah, no, I I think that's that's what how the song like or the second verse ends or something. Because like 
it goes to him thinking that he was gay and then it goes to him like talking about his uncle who i think is gay i don't know i haven't i haven't heard this song in like seven years but anyways point being kendrick lamar was robbed at the grammys that year should have won for good kid mad city but lost to malcolm moore and it's um it's a crime anyways back to what we were talking about before um yeah should we get should we get right into the news yeah i i like how we like say that even though that's like such like an old old thing that we we've we date ourselves so so hard anytime we do it but i don't care I don't even, I'm just saying it because you said it. I don't oh, even know what's like, from. That's like the stupid that YouTuber. Uh, I sound so old. YouTuber, uh, that guy, Killer Keemstar, or whatever. He's always like Killer Keemstar here. Let's get right into the news. He was like a big meme in like 2016 when we hmm. were children. But see, I'm so old that that one right over my head. Even yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, let's go. Okay, Spencer. Why Apparently, should we watch 90 Day Fiance? Why should we watch 90 Day Fiance? Well, to answer that question, I take great pleasure in watching reality TV, mostly because it's just, it's people that are terrible. And I love that. It's just fun to watch weird terrible people do weird terrible things and what's funny about the show 90 day fiance which is my favorite reality tv show of all time which is pretty hard fight because there's like some good ones i've been watching married at first sight and that's really good um uh, what was the other one the one is like a bunch of people in one kind of like building not not big brother or the circle oh but it's kind of like those kind of like big brother or the oh ready ready to love yeah, in Atlanta. I like that one. Um, but 90 Day Fiance is my favorite one because it started, I think it was 2014 when it started, and it started as like a real like thing. Like it was like a documentary. Like it's like, oh, if you don't know the concept of the show, um, season one, by the way, because like the concept of the show is, changes um quite drastically. But season one is about these couples who live in different countries and want to get a K-1 visa, which means you like go to the States, whoever's living in the other country can go to the States and you have 90 days to get legally married and then they can live there legally. Like that's how it works. Like people who fall in love, but they're from different countries and it's about their journey for the 90 days that they have to get married or whatever. And it started as like a real exploration. Like it was like real couples. It was like a documentary and like people were like, and the first season, I like kind of was tuning in and out and my mom was watching it. And I was like, ah, it's kind of boring. And then slowly, I don't know if they just changed their screening process or realized that there's actually comedic gold value here, but they just slowly started bringing in couples that it wasn't about like love or true love or anything like that. It was about dysfunction, lies, and and delusion. And as soon as the show switched to that, that is when it became my favorite show of all, or favorite reality TV show of all time. Because it's, it's a farce of itself. It's like a parody of its own first season. Like you get 
these characters like Danielle and Muhammad. Like it started with like real people who actually love each other. And you get like Danielle and Muhammad. Danielle was like in her 40s, like late 40s, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be polite, but this is the truth. Wasn't the most attractive person in the world. Google, Google Danielle from 90 Day Fiance. And you'll see what I'm saying. I'm sure she's a nice lady, although apparently she committed credit card fraud, but that's a different thing. Um, and she fell in love with this like 22 year old from Morocco or something. And right away you're like, what? Like, Something's wrong take, it, take into account, like, the other seasons or whatever, it's, like, people falling in, and you're like, what? And then this guy clearly just wanted to, like, get to the stakes. Very clearly. Mm-hmm. And she just would not allow, like, to let, like, she wanted to keep on the belief, like, hang on to this, this delusion that this guy actually loved her. And it created one of the weirdest, like, she kept coming back. The seasons kept going. She, she was still there. He divorces her and, like, goes somewhere else. So he's like, I'm out. And there's, like, two other seasons where she's just chasing him around. Like, it's like it's like catch me if you can, but a, a divorce. Like, literally, Muhammad now is, like, in a different state. And she will, like, show up to this state and be like, you use me, Muhammad. Like, just, like cursing them out and then it all comes out they have these things called tell-alls which is essentially at the end of every season you get all the couples right all the couples that are on the show and you put them in one room and then the producers just try to breed as much conflict as they possibly can to get ratings Mm -hmm. um and in this tell-all it is like revealed that danielle was also kind of crazy and like Muhammad essentially says that um, her private parts smelled bad and he told her to go to the doctor and she didn't and she would like demand sex and like throw tantrums about it. I heard about this. <laughs> yes. I yes. saw so the tell like, all. I saw the tell all of that. Yes. Where she like threw a fit in front of her kids about. Yeah. Oh, wow. I want my sex. I want it now. And like all, all that shit. And like from this point on, like I was like, this show. It's golden. It's it's hilarious, and the scenarios just keep. They kept escalating. Like it kept getting weirder and crazier. And there was couples that you actually kind of rooted for, even though you know it's like this is a weird scenario. But you know what? There's enough chemistry here. Those were like nice, but really, what you tune in for is the dysfunction. So we go from like Danielle and Muhammad. I call them the OG dysfunction in the show. That's like kind of as bad as we had seen up to that point and then you got characters like george and amphisa which is took they took it up they popped the stakes right up because george what this is like one of the most popular couples on the show like i feel like even if you didn't watch the show you kind of know who these people are but um amphisa i think was from russia if i'm remembering correctly Mm -hmm. And George obviously was from the States. And he essentially promised her this, like, really lavish lifestyle, right? And she I shows know. up, and this guy's just broke. <laughs> and, like, he doesn't yeah, have any yeah. money. And it's this really cantankerous, like, girl who was only with him for this money, for the money. And this, like, really 
weird guy who's only with her because she's pretty. And they're essentially just using each other and getting upset, but to like weird levels of, of upset. Like he'll leave or something and she'll like carve stupid idiot into his car and like all sorts of shit. Like it's crazy. It's like crazy levels of what the hell. And then like, they're like, he's like, oh yeah, every day she, she threatens to leave me, but she hasn't left me yet. And then she's like, not yet. And then you're like, oh, what the, like, this is, it, they always get married too. Like the couples always are like, yeah, let's get married. Even though the, the 90 days leading up to this point has been complete garbage. They somehow always like convince themselves that it'll get better and it just never does. And you're just watching like the downfall of these toxic relationships over the course of the season. And it's beautiful. It's, it's a completely beautiful creation. I don't know who thought, I don't know whose idea was it. It was like, hey, we're telling love stories. What if we just tell stories that have nothing to do with love, just people using each other? And then just watch it play out and off camera, just try to feed them as much resentment as we possibly can. Like they play each other against them. The show is purposely like screwing with relationships. They'll like ask them a question in like a solo interview. You know, those like interviews that the, the people that the, the, the headshots or whatever. Yeah. Like the talking heads. <clears throat> yeah. The talking heads. And then like, play the talking heads for them at like the tell-all where they're like dissing their partner and they're like Ooh, what do you feel about that and then like just watch the explosion it's essentially the entire show you just feel like you're playing god um so i can't recommend it enough do you Has, have any questions i i have a question maybe because i'm the i'm oh no i'm the romantic yes has there ever been like a couple where it's like, okay, they they're they're cute, like they're their yes. marriage is gonna work out? Yes, but mostly from the earlier seasons. Mostly from the earlier. Um, there's I can't remember the like original couple's name because they were born to me, but like there's couples like uh -huh. um, oh what's what's the Alex? Was it Alexi and Lauren? They they worked out. Oh, and I think they cool. have a kid right now. Um, David and Annie started in like the same place that all these other ones started. Mm -hmm. um, bat shit insane. And then somehow they're in like a great place right now. Like it started with David, who is again, like late 40s, marrying this person who is younger from the Philippines. Mm -hmm. No, no, it was Thailand. I think Annie's from Thailand. Um, and essentially he had this like, he was broke, but had been mooching off of his rich best friend for like years and he goes to thailand meets this girl or whatever and in thailand there's this thing where you have to pay like the parent the parents of the daughter that you're marrying a dowry like some sort of yes payment yes um and Roxanne's i think there's has like been alluding to this <clears throat> no, <just> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> continue <laughs> yeah no it will i hope for your sake you know, you, you, you got that, that, that student, that student lifestyle. I don't know what you're going to do. Student loan. I need to go yeah. student loan. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> the student loan to pay, to pay your down. <laughs> um, honestly, that's what David should have done because he doesn't have the money and intensely just like runs away from Thailand. <laughs> I think he's paid it now, but they had to like reduce it or something. Um, 
So they like go to the States and they're living in this best friend's house, like David's best friend's house, because again, this guy has like no money. And you're just like, what the hell? And while he's here, the wife of his best friend has this like brother mm-hmm. um, that just kind of like spies him. And they're like getting drunk one night or something. Everyone's drunk. And then David tells the brother that like he's only upset with him because like the brother wants to F um, David's best friend. And the brother didn't take that kindly because in the middle of the night, David's sleeping and the brother takes a gigantic jug of water and just throws it on him in the middle of the night and starts like cursing him out and calling him like penguin looking ass and all this shit. And like, you're like, whoa, okay. And then Annie, his like, the lady that you brought from Thailand to get married, mm-hmm. she has to get a wedding dress and he sends her to the store with like a credit card that has no money on it. And he knows that the rich best friend's wife is going with her. So then she, like the rich best friend's wife has to pay for the dress. <laughs> oh. Like a set of like stuff that happens. And then eventually they get kicked out of that house and they're like living in abstract poverty. And he, they moved to like the back of a, of a warehouse where essentially they get to live in the warehouse as long as David works in the warehouse. Oh my the, gosh. Like, and somehow now they're like fine. And like David's a teacher and stuff and they're like fine. But that's where they started. So that was like a rare, wow. that was a rare occurrence where like, you're like, there's no way this is going to work. And it actually kind of did. And now I love them together. But then it was hilarious. So uh, it happens. Maybe you'll get like one a season. You'll, the luckiest you'll get is probably you'll get two people that actually do like each other, but it's just like not working out. Uh, yeah, that's, probably, that's probably the best you'll get. Every once in a while, there's like a couple and you're like, it, it's, it's not their fault. But you're like, ah. Eh. There was a couple last season. I think it was like some something. I don't remember the, the other guy's name and Hermando. But the guy, they it's called 90 Day Fiance the Other Way, which is like a mini spinoff of 90 Day Fiance, where they talk about people moving to different countries instead, like Ooh. people from the States moving to different countries. Um, and this guy moves to Mexico <clears throat> to marry his boyfriend. Okay. Um, and like they actually seemed like they like liked each other and stuff so it wasn't just like a farce but you know just farce. everything else is a complete joke it's all just a lie there's there's uh what was the most recent popular one i think it was like big ed was the, the guy with no necks yeah the guy with no neck mm-hmm. yes. um i've seen a lot of memes of him yeah no he was the he was the most like recent breakout star Breakout. The... <laughs> Would you call him a breakout star? Well, really, I feel like these people have to be kind of self-aware. Like everyone's just laughing at you the entire show. Like there's an episode where Big Ed, um, he's in the Philippines with his what is his girlfriend's name, Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I they were know. sleeping in like the dad's house, and like it's bad. Like they they were they were very impoverished it was a very impoverished area and like he wakes up and there's just like this like rat that looks like it's malnourished like i've never seen a rat look that sad and it was just like 
he's like, that's that's all right. And then the dad's like, let's shower together. And he's like, I, I don't want to shower. He's like, let's shower together. And then they like shower together, but the water's freezing cold. <laughs> and then the dad takes him to his pig pen. And he's like, oh, this is like where we like feed the pigs and stuff. And then like this guy, friggin' Big Ed, he slips and falls in pig shit. Like it's like... <laughs> It's, it's the most simple juvenile humor, but it's yeah. it makes me laugh. Like literally, I'm just watching a short guy with no neck fall and slip in pig shit, and awkwardly bathe with the father of his fiance, and it's it's really all I need out of the, my Sundays. The shared bathing is a little weird. <clears throat> I'd say that's a little strange. Well, um, I should preface it with they kept like their pants on too, which was even weirder. Like, I think it would have been less weird if they just showered, but, like, they had their pants on. Oh. But, um, like, just their shirts off and were, like, dousing themselves in cold water. Uh, so do you, do you think there are, like, breakout stars, like, in The Bachelor and Bachelorette? Like, do you <laughs> think that, like, um, do you think... Danielle is gonna have a podcast, like no, searching no, for. Danielle, I, I think I think everyone's kind of done with Danielle shit. Like I haven't seen her on the show. In like two okay, years. okay, but do you um, think like Big Ed's gonna like show up on a sitcom? He, he has like, like merchandise. They sell merchandise. Yeah, he has like merchandise. He became like a huge meme. Also, because he's just kind of like a a weird dude. It wasn't just it wasn't just like the fact that like he he puts mayonnaise in his hair and shit. And he's just kind of like a, a an interesting fellow. I'll I'll leave it at that. But like he he's, puts, he's a, and, and also his antics during the show, like he tried to tell his girlfriend at one point that her breath smelt bad. So he goes, I have a present for you. And he like got her lingerie or something. And then the second present was just a bottle of Listerine. And then he was like, in front of the camera, essentially tells her that her breast smells like shit. And then she goes, and she goes like, yeah, I know. It's because I have an ulcer, you asshole. (laughs) It's the whole thing. Like so much cringe in one show. There's just so much, oh my God. Like, you know how many times I've been watching the show and just spit out what I'm drinking because I can't believe the decisions that people are making? Wow. <laughs> it's, oh, oh, you know who else? <clears throat> I forgot. I forgot. Um, One of my favorites is Colton Larissa. You probably know them too. They're like another really popular one. Um, But where is Larissa from? I can't remember. I think it's like Brazil. Um, and Colt lives in Las Vegas. And mm-hmm. Colt is like a complete mama's boy, but like to the point of of they're probably having sex when the cameras are off. Like that level. It's pretty bad. Um he lives with his mom still, which is like, all right, whatever. And then his mom's name is Debbie, by the way. She's actually a third character in this show. And Larissa moves in, 
and like the mom and then you're just like going at each other and like larissa i think it was like two or three times apparently beat the shit out of colt and then had like domestic abuse charges that she had to go to court for and it ends with them like getting a divorce and you're like yep that makes sense yeah um but there's a there's a there's a sec there's a second season with them but except they're not together they now have found other people once again colt has gone after someone like through the 90 day process named jess and he's she's like oh why don't you like come to brazil with me or whatever and he's like yeah okay and then his mom insists on coming with him and it's like why why would you and then she insists on coming with them and she just doesn't like when Colt has like girlfriends very obviously and the entire trip continuously tries to sabotage their relationship <laughs> like while they're on vacation or whatever the mom purposely invites like um Colt's ex-girlfriend to look after the cats and then is like telling um his new girlfriend or whatever like oh um so and so is in our house right now and then she's like who and she's like oh she's just she comes in our house all the time and stuff and then like in the talking heads like smiling maliciously at how she's breaking up this relationship um and it works <laughs> she actually breaks up the relationship it's like the most what the hell she clearly wants her son's body and it's it's getting uncomfortable it's getting uncomfortable i feel like that starts uncomfortable <laughs> well it's like uncomfortable but it's also hilarious because mm. The first little bit is just her like sitting there planning and, and plotting what she's gonna do. Like they were weird too though. Cause like Colt and that girl were like making out for like five minutes in front of her. And I was like, this is, well, this is also why she shouldn't have gone on that trip. But also like he could have stopped, but they didn't. And then it's just, it's weird codependent bull crap. And it's great. I, I can't recommend the entertainment value of the show now. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you need to you need to get on that show. I'm telling you, it's, it, it makes you feel so much better about your own life. I've watched a bunch of clips. Um and yeah, yeah just like so much cringe. I think there was um there was one where this guy cheated and like the guy was from somewhere else. And the woman was like kicking him out of her house. Oh, is that Ashley and Jay? I think so. Bro, he went on Tinder the night they got married. <laughs> yeah, like that was. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> that was bad. It was like this big fight. I think she was gonna like call the police or something on him. Yeah. But yeah, it was. It seems quite intriguing. I'm not sure if it's exactly my cup of tea. Oh no, it's it's it's, it's not tea, man. This isn't tea. This is like this is juice. That's <laughs> this, is, this is this is like orange juice with pulp. It's thick. It's very thick. <laughs> like, this uh, is a thick show. It yeah, it, from there's what meat heard, on these bones. Like yeah, no, there's there is meat uh, on these bones. Wow. Oh, that. Wh where do you think? 
What do you think would be a cool spinoff of this show? There's already like 2 million spinoffs. There's like 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, Before the 90 Days, um, Happily Ever After. Like there's like 2 billion spinoffs of this show. Um, And then there's one. What was the other one that you're talking about? Like Married at First Sight or whatever? Oh, different show. Different show. But um, essentially, Married at First Sight is these people go on the show. This is also a very good show that you should watch. I, th- I don't remember what channel it's on, though. Not even if Yonce is on TLC. The Learning Channel, in quotations. Essentially, it's just a modern-day circus. But yeah, that was my um, Married at First Sight, which I can't remember what show it's on but or channel it's on. But essentially, these people um get married they, they just this algorithm chooses like the perfect partner for them and they get married without having like seen the person they meet the person at the wedding so it's like an arranged marriage um but through a reality show and the problem about doing an arranged marriage through a reality show is a reality show doesn't want to see things work they want to see things implode on themselves that way they get ratings so they match people up that just like should not be together Although there's more success rate. Like, I think you would like this show more because for every couple that's horrible, there's usually one that's, like, salvageable. Well, they have to, like, put confidence in the algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the season I'm watching right now, this guy, um, this girl and guy get married or whatever, and then they have intercourse um, twice. And then after having intercourse, the guy tells her that he's not attracted to her. <laughs> and then it gets worse. Also, he's kind of like behaving like a, a bit of a, a hoo-ha the entire trip. To be fair, this like lady was probing him a little too hard. But essentially, he's like, yeah, I'm not attracted to you after they already had intercourse. And then and then it comes out that um his ex-fiance um, is six weeks pregnant while they're on the show (laughs) and then she's like oh my like this poor girl right she's like oh my god and then she's like but you know what it's all right i trust this process i'm gonna stick it out and then he takes like a one day break from the show to go see his ex-fiance because she called him to say that she was pregnant so he's like going to see her Mm -hmm. and then he comes back and is like yeah i want a divorce i'm going back with my ex and then she's like, what? And then um, he, like, leaves the show by, like, essentially, like, leading her on and saying, like, yeah, I just, I have to leave the show because I can't be in love with you right now. Some bullshit like that. And then you're like, this is, I think we're only, like, four episodes in this season. And I was like, holy crap. Like, that's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. So, ah. Check wow. that one out for some weird stories. Wow. Th- yeah. This is a deep dive into a world of crazy, crazy chaos and reality TV. No, reality TV is it's horrible TV. But I think what fascinates me about it is like you know when you try to like put yourself in the in a scenario, like you're watching a movie or something, you're like, damn, what would I do if this happened? Yeah. You do that with reality TV, especially like I call it like love re- related reality TV where it's about relationships mm-hmm. and you try to put yourself in the scenarios. 
nine times out of 10, you will make a different decision or you would think you would make a different decision than the decision these people make. And it's so consistent on how horrible the decisions are that you just, you can't, you don't know how they're going to talk the stupidity that they just like, how, how, how are you going to go even deeper than what you did? You buried yourself even deeper in that hole. It, they continuously find ways to just blow it up. Last couple I'm going to talk about before we go into wrestling. Paul and Karini, because, oh boy, oh dear. Um, yeah, this one is, it was, it was weird from the start. Paul is like this neurotic, think of like Jim Carrey from the Riddler. He's weird. Oh, wow. <clears throat> like that type of, and he's like, this like, I don't know. He goes to like visit his girlfriend or whatever. And I think, I think they may also be from Brazil. I think so. And he goes there and like at one point she's like, oh, do you want to like swim in this lake or whatever? And this guy has to put like a full entire scuba suit on himself and shit just to like swim in the lake because he's like scared of disease. Like he's that type of person. <clears throat> and he goes to her dad to ask if she can like if he has permission to marry his daughter. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Hey, a decision that I agree with on a show. Yeah, That's impossible, that never happens. But he, he goes, and the dad doesn't speak any English. Do you know okay. how he tries to articulate that he wants to marry this man's daughter? He goes, the daughter's name's Karini. So he's like, uh, Mia and Karini. And then he does this. A ringy, a ringy. He does that to this girl's father. That's how he articulates that he wants to marry this man's daughter. And this man is just standing there, blank face staring at him with no expression. And he keeps going. If you can't, for everyone that's not watching the YouTube video, I am making a circle with my pointer finger and thumb. It's supposed to be a ring, right? It's supposed to be a ring. But uh, But then then he takes his pointer finger on the other hand and interlocks the two. Yeah. That is how index finger. Why would you? I'm guessing like. No, you would go like this, right? Yeah, like that. That. But he goes. That's great. That's fantastic. In fact, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you a picture. I think I have a screenshot of it happening. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Is that this season? No, that was like three seasons ago. I think four seasons ago. Yeah, I don't know, man. Every there's like a new season every six months. All right. That sounds crazy. This seems. Yeah, anyways, this is this is like my my little passion you know i honestly there's like there's there's movies you know music is up there and then just days. below those two there's like 90 day fiance but it's not far away and all reality tv shows to do with relationships in general are just like two steps below 90 day fiance they're almost there but they haven't quite hit the gold mine the 90 day fiance has struck it sounds it sounds really it sounds like a gold mine. That's exactly how I'd describe all the yes, things that you just laid out in detail to us. 
it makes me feel so good about myself in my past. Like anytime I think, damn, I really screwed up in that relationship. I look at the, I look at this show. I'm like, if that's how bad it could be, I really didn't do that bad. It's an ego boost. Should we move on to Juggernaut? That is the rest. Pro of the wrestling. Hit it. The OG Bullet Club members, like Kenny Omega and some other people, and had them connect across companies. They just had somebody from New Japan Pro Wrestling do like a shock um, arrival in AEW. Ooh, so this is like this is like uh, Doctor Strange, the multiverse of, the, of madness. It's imagine. It's Imagine if all the people Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Um like some of the most like best directors of Studio Ghibli, like um what's that guy's name that like did all the Studio Ghibli films? Oh, Miyazaki? Yeah, Hayao Miyazaki. Hayao Miyazaki, imagine him like coming to America, um, buying Disney from WWE from buying buying <laughs> buying pixar from disney yeah and then creating some of the best like the best anime movies you have ever seen in your life it'd be pretty hot that is what is happening in pro wrestling right now the pretty elite hot. has come from new japan wrestling um taken tiny bit of influence from wwe but taking a lot more influence from the from the long-term storytelling and the emotional side of new japan wrestling and built in my opinion okay now this is a deep world you're diving into right now spencer this is a very deep world with deep with deep stuff i'm gonna be talking about mostly aw because that's what i watch but um, if you're interested in WWE, they're doing some cool stuff right now. Um, because AEW is like competition for WWE. So like greatness inspires greatness. So like two competing shows, they have to up their game to keep the battle going. Which one's older? <clears throat> WWE is, has been around since the 80s. AEW is like a year and a half old. <laughs> like okay. it's new. You jumped, you jumped on uh, this show, but it's it's fresh. It is fresh. Like in every sense of the word, AEW, All Elite Wrestling it's called, is fresh. I'm going to tell you how it create, how it, um, what it's made up of and sure. why it's so revolutionary in this modern day of pro wrestling. Um, before I get into it, I'm going to lay down the first couple um, words that you need to know. There are specific, like, um, industry words. Uh, when you call somebody a face, that means they're a good guy. When you call somebody a heel, that means they're a bad guy. Pretty easy, right? Okay. But then there's the concept of this thing called kayfabe. Have you heard of this word before? No, comprende. Kayfabe 
you know how wrestling's how wrestling's scripted. Yes. <clears throat> so anything within the script, within the um, the behind the curtain of the world of pro wrestling, like anything that is is fake, is part of kayfabe. Um. Now, like people get injuries and it's part of the storyline and sometimes people get injuries and it's not part of the storyline. Right. When people get injuries and it's part of the storyline, it's called a work. Or when anything happens and it's part of the storyline, you call it a work. And when stuff happens and it's not part of the storyline, you call it a shoot. Okay. So those are some things that have to lay down. But now... Let's get into the creation of AEW and what is going on in AEW right now. Just to like something that's easy to describe that'll like really hit your brain hard is that AEW has been bringing in other people who are non wrestlers to bring in a bigger audience. So a week from now, it's probably already happened, but Cody Rhodes one of the founding members of AEW, like the founding member of AEW, and yeah. he used to be in WWE, is going to be facing Shaq in a wrestling match. Like Shaq Shaq? Like Shaquille O'Neal is hopping over hell? wrestling. <laughs> why don't I and know about this? You, I know. This is why. This is why they did this, is to bring in the, the basketball community and bring in the people to be like, be I want to see Shaq fight. I'll be there. Yeah, be there, be square. It's um, it's going to be a mixed tag with like other people because you kind of have to... When you bring in a non-wrestler, it's very hard to have them be like, <laughs> okay, you're going to do a full-on wrestling match the whole time. So you yeah. have to bring in other elements so that their time is limited. Yeah. So they can get the best performance <laughs> out of them as possible. Right, Not, because it, it, wrestling is something it takes like a bunch of training and practice and rehearsal, so yes. it's hard to just yes. bring in people. And I I showed um you a video of one of the first matches in AEW, which was was that the one with the the brother, with the brothers with yeah Cody and Dustin Rhodes, and Dustin, if you know WWE, <laughs> you probably know him better as Gold Dust. It was this kind of like weird, very weird, like almost like sexual character in, a, in WWE. Oh, that's yummy. Like um, he had a legendary feud with Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> where, where he like kissed him on the mouth or something. But that was way what? back in the 90s. That was what? back in the 90s in the weird time of wrestling. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, okay. Yeah. Wait, so he kissed someone on the mouth and the other guy didn't want this? Yeah. So it was, it was like, like sexual assault. Sexual assault happened on WWE. <laughs> it's part of the script. It's part of the script, okay? Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's still, it's, they still... Is it like, don't kids watch wrestling? So they... <laughs> I don't watch that anymore. I haven't... That happened in the 90s, okay? It was a weird time. It was, it was a, weird a weird time, time. in the 90s, okay? Um... So anyway, when you see Dustin like cut his head open 
and bleed all over the canvas. That's real. I'm going to lay that down right now. That is real <laughs> yeah. blood. There's yeah, no... Actually... <clears throat> people are like, oh, they use ketchup or shit like that. No. they What they do is they either have the um, referee or they have it in like a glove or in their suit. They have a razor blade. And they do an incision while nobody's looking above the eye. Okay. And they're trained how to do this properly and safely. Some people go too hard and they need to stop the match. And I'm surprised that they didn't even stop that match because he was bleeding all over the canvas. But Here's the thing, though. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I just, like, choked <laughs> on my own saliva there for a second. Um, okay. <clears throat> so when they do the cut, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's gross. That's gross. <laughs> it's gross. It's gross. It's also wouldn't you have like a, like scars? Yep. They're they're wrestlers who almost solely do death matches. If you look yeah. up um New Jack, he has like huge incisions on his forehead. Um, and if you look up this guy, <laughs> Abdullah the Butcher, who literally would like jab forks into people's heads. Oh, cool. So, like, there's a place that you can get to that's pretty bad. But usually, blood is used to enhance storytelling. Like it was mm-hmm. in, in Dustin Rhodes um, versus Cody Rhodes. But it is very Are they dangerous. actually brothers in real life? <laughs> they're actual bro- brothers in real life. They're, like, 10 years apart, but, like, they're still brothers. Um, I think they're half-brothers, actually. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, with, with blading, it gets, cause there are people who like have gotten hepatitis cause they're yeah. around blood so much. <laughs> well, do you have to get like checks and stuff? Cause I think in the UFC, they have to like, oh yeah, you have to get checks that. and stuff like that. They're very, yeah. um, a lot of companies, when they use blood, WWE doesn't really use blood anymore. <laughs> unless it's like, it just accidentally happens. Which sometimes it does. Do they use fake blood or do they just not use it at all? No, they don't use it at all. But like sometimes when you're fighting, like blood just You happens. may cut yourself, yeah. Like you act- actually like, <clears throat> somebody like gets an actual elbow to the face or like right. somebody Accident. gets caught on something. It just happens. But yeah, they don't really use blood anymore because they're more of a PG setting. AEW is more of like a, what we call in the in Canada, like a 14A setting. Like they don't really say the F word much. It's, it's, <clears throat> yeah. But they like use shit and I'm, yeah. It's like, it's like the different, like WWE, is like Marvel kind of like it's kind of like mm-hmm. it's it's for everyone more so yeah and then a- AEW is kind of like I don't know what is, what's the comparison aid okay <clears throat> WWE like is like okay we have we have a kid audience we have to like make have like comedy for the kids and like make it digestible for the, for the kids, kids. We have yeah. to make it 
digestible for the kids. But what right. AEW does is like, no, we're going to use such like deep storytelling, such long-term storytelling, like such, they're going to use connective tissue tissue that you need to do research to fully grasp. Right. Like it's, yeah. So it's pretty intense. And where AEW came from, now I'm going to get into like history. This might get, I might go off the deep end here, but there was this company called, um, there's this company called NJPW, New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is the Japanese wrestling. This is where wrestling is respected or wrestling is for adults. Wrestling is where they applaud um, good technical wrestling and good yeah. um, long-term emotional storytelling. And they had a they had a um, they have factions in New Japan. And back in 2013, they created a faction called the Bullet Club. Now you might. You might have heard of Bullet Club, even if you're a WWE fan, because people wear Bullet Club shirts uh, to WWE shows. People wear Bullet Club shirts. They were sold out at like Hot Topic all the time, even though they did not have a national um, regular TV time. New Japan didn't have that. It was a Japanese thing that never got like American national promotion. And what what was it that it did differently? If you know, do you know Stone Cold Steve Austin? And you know The Rock? And you know, back when they were in wrestling, it was called the Attitude Era. Era. It was where they had these anti-heroes, this like badass, gritty, um, pretty wrestling where you didn't know um where they were all like badass anti-heroes where they did tough shit yeah tough guy macho guy can you smell what the rocks cooking yeah can you smell what the rocks cooking see i've seen Um, that stuff i've seen that stuff yeah that stuff is what they were bullet club was kind of inspired off of but even more into um more into the like deep themes of wrestling and the deep like knowledge of wrestling because they had like what he started out doing why they were called the bullet club was because he was like i am the real deal this guy named prince devitt who's now known as finn balor in wwe it's called i'm he said i'm the real deal like basically saying like i'm gonna shoot like i'm gonna I'm going to um, do this for real. Like I'm the real deal, which he, it was all part of the storyline, but you're kind of like, wait, he's using the term of, are you breaking, breaking the law of wrestling right now? And over the development of that, over the development of the bullet club, they became more and more popular. Um, even though they were supposed to be heels. Right. Enter Kenny Omega. Have you heard of Kenny Omega? I think I've heard you talk about Kenny Omega. Heard of me talk about Kenny Omega. He's 
um, Winnipeg born, amazing, amazing wrestler has the, has all of the technique in the world, has all of the stamina in the world, can do like hour-long matches that still keep you intrigued, that still have that high-flying luchador action with mixed with gritty technical wrestling. And he came into the Bullet Club and they started to become more and more face until they created an offshoot, basically, of the Bullet Club called The Elite, which was made up of Kenny... Um, and the Young Bucks and Cody, kind of, but the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks are this wrestling duo who, this tag team who were also in that style, like had that huge, beautiful, high-flying style, the stuff that you show somebody who doesn't know wrestling and is like, this is some of the most amazing athletic stuff I've ever seen. And so they wanted to bring the popularity of them to an American audience. That's why they started developing all elite wrestling, the elite, all elite wrestling. Got Chris Jericho, one of the best wrestlers of all time. Another Winnipeg born guy, shout out Canada who has been wrestling for like 20 years, who was one of the biggest stars in WWE, got him connected into it. And he became the first AEW world champion. And that's when the wheels started to really turn. They were doing innovative long-term storytelling that you... WWE can't match that. WWE dropped storylines out of the blue like nothing. They never come back to them. But what AEW was... Give me an example. Give me an example of one that pissed you off that they just dropped. What WWE will do differently is that they'll not exactly have storylines. Try and fit what they want to do with the kind of storyline. So like, you know Roman Reigns, who's in WWE right now? He's the big star he was what they wanted to be the big star they wanted to be the next john cena everybody knows john cena they wanted him to be the next john cena wanted to be the the thing that can appeal to the kids and be a baby face the whole time baby face means you don't turn heel you're just like um you're just the good guy and that's all you are and that can get stale and roman reigns got stale really fast and WWE wasn't budging on trying to change him into something different. Now, AEW comes along. Roman Reigns turns heel. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves Roman Reigns' heel in WWE because he's the. That's what he should have been. Because he had that that aura to him that could have been an amazing heel. Because he's too big to be like a a babyface nowadays. You want underdog babyfaces like. Daniel Bryan, if you've heard of Daniel Bryan in WWE. So what happens with AEW is that they listen to their fans and they long-term storytelling, as I, as I keep referring to, is when they take what was interesting about the first feud, like what they, they take 
the relationship and make that part of the feud. There was this guy, his name is John Moxley in AW, but he was in WWE and his name was Dean Ambrose. And what he had the storyline with his um, with his former stablemate Seth Rollins, and they started off bad because Roman Reigns, if you didn't know, um, had to leave pro wrestling for a little bit because he was diagnosed with leukemia. He had cancer. Really had cancer. And what WWE decided to do was decide that the day that he left fighting cancer, they decided to have Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, his former stablemate, like begin a feud. And what was the light of the feud was that Dean Ambrose, like, not made fun of, but like kind of said he didn't care about that his friend had leukemia. So they started off there, but then they started making it not about the the relationship between Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. They started making it about like Dean Ambrose would like mock the crowd and be like, the crowd's all dirty and pretend to have like OCD and like come out in a gas mask and be like, oh, you're all gross people and like they didn't make it about the relationship between Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose they just tried and get Dean Ambrose hated by the crowd by like getting they literally had a promo where they had like he was at a doctor's office saying he got like a immunal injection in the butt because he was like oh the crowd's so disgusting I can't go out there without so they didn't make they they don't make feuds about relationships. They make feuds about like what's the cheapest way that we can get you to hate this person. Oh, okay. And it's never like um it does it doesn't feel grounded in anything. It just feels like they're doing it because the story requires that, that happen and there's no actual reason. It's just like, well, we need you to hate this person, so let's just make them be a shitty person for this entire thing with no actual like build up or anything or reason with no reason that you can actually be like okay this is interesting so anyway that guy dean ambrose that got like an injection in the butt soon after that happened he was like i'm done with this company and he left and he went to a like his character left or well or he himself was like no he himself in the like real world him and he himself was like how could you do this with my character i'm leaving. right which is a whole another story because even though they're freelance contractors wwe makes it really hard to leave not even gonna get into that <laughs> um but anyway he goes over to aew and becomes the world champion of aew and is now and was crowned by like um one of the best wrestling um like wrestling sports broadcasters i guess right sports the one of the best pro wrestling journalists dave Meltzer. 
as like the best wrestler of that year when he went to AEW because he's he's given freedom with what his character should be um given um creative license on where the storylines go like they listen to their fans but they also listen to their wrestlers and it makes it that much more impactful and another reason that you should watch it right now is that aw has started to do connective tissue with like best wrestling company in the world i've probably just been spouting nonsense do you understand anything yeah no no i'm following you're following? Okay, sick. And if I'm following, then other because I I know almost nothing, so I'm 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 hanging in there. I got. It. Thank goodness. Oh my gosh, but yeah, if you want to watch the people keep whenever you talk about pro wrestling, people are like, "Why don't you just watch real sports?" Like, if I was interested in what what's real, I would not be in the film industry. <laughs> this I would be true. in I don't know statistics or something yeah what interests me is the emotional storytelling of of anything the emotional storytelling and the deep characters that you can get from pro wrestling and from TV shows and movies and all this stuff and I, and I think Roxanne said this the other, the other night when we were, like, before we recorded this and we we're talking about how we're going to do it. She's talking about how, like, wrestling is, it's not, it's not just, like, um, a sport itself. It's, like, performance art. It's There's, there's a bunch yeah. of stuff with it. So I, I totally get why people are, are totally into it. Because it's, it's, it's almost like live theater that you can get on your television so, so it, it's i i get it i get it yeah it's like live theater crossed with cirque du soleil crossed with i don't know game of thrones i've never seen game of thrones but i feel like it's, it's <laughs> that was like game of, game of thrones maybe more like spartacus or something well i don't know uh, there's like blood feuds and like all this different stuff that's like so oh say <laughs> yeah some of the way the guys talk just like make you feel like so they're so intense that you just get so wrapped up in the world of it right um and oh gosh that's it do you watch do you watch female wrestling at all i don't know i remember i watched like a season of the show total divas um because it's reality tv that's fun. here's one thing i will say yeah both aw and wwe have a women's division right but wwe that's the one thing that they were doing well even before aw came around they did their women's division so great. well yeah they did well and aw has kind of been like still trying to figure out um how to get all these characters out of these um, 
out of the female wrestlers because, of course, they have the elite that came from years of the Bullet Club and years of rich history, rich character building. But they've had to bring in new female talent. Right. That like So it hasn't, it hasn't stuck as well yet. They've been building some good characters in the women's division, but they haven't had they haven't had the revolutionary revolutionary storytelling that they have been right. doing with, the, with the male division. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> that. But that's one criticism that you can definitely have against AEW. Okay. So right now then AEW is winning in the men's division, in your <laughs> opinion. But yes. uh, WWE is winning in the uh, women's division. I've only been like yeah, yeah, or at least to it. what you like, what you what you what, last saw to what I you don't last watch saw WWE anymore, right? Yeah, I don't watch WWE anymore, no. Um, because like you have to pay for the network, the WWE network mm-hmm. each month, and there's like six hours of like TV each week for WWE. I'm like, I don't have the time for this. Where do you find AEW? I found it on TSN. Okay. They have Jim Ross on commentary. If you're a fan of like old, like, like Attitude Era Wrestling and like back then, Jim Ross was one of the best commentators of all time. Got you. And he also like... Well, I think he's in... He is, His voice is in a wrestling game I had as a kid. Yeah, he has this beautiful southern accent. But yeah, that's that's a little bit about wrestling. Do you have any more questions or comments? I have one more, but it's not related to um, AEW. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. this, is, this is a question that I, I've had for like so long. Because what was like the whole WWE versus Raw thing going on? Because I had a game. That was called WWE versus oh was it was it Raw or like SmackDown or something I can't remember what the hell it was but I know like when I was like probably six or seven there was like this big thing going on and I just never I never learned what it was and um, not enough people that I know know that much about wrestling except for you so so this is what it is about um, WWE because WWE have two shows they have raw and they have smackdown that's their two shows um and the wrestlers on both shows are supposed to be mutually exclusive to that show right and every year they have this thing called survivor series where they like have a bout of the brands of raw versus smackdown they also have a third brand now, which is NXT. Oh. So they, Boy. so they, yeah. A lot of brands. So now it's like a three-way fight. It's like Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. Damn. Okay. See, this is why I stopped watching WWE. Like it's. It got like, too. It got too mm, complicated. It's like seven hours a week, plus like there's a pay-per-view every month, and there's like. and you're like it's like you're scrounging through all this like because they don't need that much 
that much TV time. So you're just like trying to scrounge through all this. It's like panning for gold. <laughs> and you're there's like, a bunch of there's a bunch of filler. There's so there's much like, filler. And then there's like actually what you want to see. Well, yeah. that it's like that with pretty much all sports, if you think about it. Like really mm-hmm. all thing, all all sports are kind of there's always the games you're like, this is shit. But you kind of have to like watch especially if it's a like playoffs or something where you're like, oh, I guess I kind of have to watch this, but this is, I don't care. Yeah. But, but, but it the sounds difference. like WWE just was like, Oh, I, they're oversaturating. their like own market. <laughs> they've, mm-hmm. they've gone too far. Yes. But the thing with regular wrestling is you're sure when you're a kid and you think it's all real, you're, you'll be sitting there like, Oh, this is kind of, that's not very good. Like, oh, but when you know that it's like scripted, you'll be like, sure, this is bad. Like, whenever you watch a match of basketball or hockey or whatever the kids watch nowadays, and it's <laughs> and it's bad, and you're not interested. You're like, oh, well, that's too bad. But they can't help it. With wrestling, you just. You you have the option. You write a better script. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Like there's an, the thing with like sports is really what most people I think like about sports is usually the story going into like the big game or whatever. Yes. What team has this, the stakes and all that. Wrestling has the ability to make that as interesting as possible. So I feel like when they don't, it's even a bigger sin. It's such a big sin. It's yeah. So I, I'm stepping off my soapbox. Um, oh God! I feel like I feel like we we had a, a chance to like nerd out, but <laughs> about the things that we like. I wonder if anyone even knows what we're talking about. I wonder if well, if you don't know anything about wrestling, no, I I didn't know about anything about wrestling, but I learned a lot from that, so I kept up. I understood everything. But 90 Day Fiance, I essentially just laughed to myself the entire, like, 25 minutes I talked about it. But, yeah, no, I actually learned from yours. Okay, sick. Um, who? I'm sweaty. <laughs> That's how intense that was. Um, watch wrestling. Um, if you can find it. If you can find it. Don't. Don't pay a bunch of money and then have to sift through seven hours of content. Don't don't go pander for gold. Just go to the gold museum. Um, get all of it there. Go to the gold store. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's end this segment before I keep rambling. Boop a doop a doo. So okay. Well, we're gonna should we uh, Carson Carson's suggesting that we go back to formula a little bit. <laughs> this is Spider-Man 1, 2002 quote, you know, just back to formula. So then he throws him through. Anyways, we're going to talk about <laughs> we're going to talk about movies that we saw recently for a couple of minutes and then we're going to let you guys get out of here. Let y'all um, get out. Go what, what, what is the last movie you saw? I watch snippets of 
beautiful day in the neighborhood yesterday when my family was watching it. I'd seen it before. Oh, okay. So I I watched it. um, So I watched like snippets of of it with them when I was like downstairs. And they were like, it's weird. Because there's like one dream sequence where like somebody like kind of turns into a puppet and you're just like, yeah. I'm like, guys, if you really think that's weird, there, there's it's, a rude awakening coming for you. And it's called every movie ever. Okay. <laughs> what's funny is it's like, I find it sometimes I'm scared to show like my family weird movies or movies that like take a turn. Like, I think I told you, I was trying to get my family to watch Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. Because it's such a weird movie. <laughs> but, like, if you compare the puppet scene in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood to the freaking horsemen, spoilers, I guess, whoops, sorry, for Sorry to Bother You, then like it's, it's pretty tame. I'll give uh, it, it's pretty tame. I was trying to get my family to watch. I, got my, I watched um, Dr. Strangelove with my family. Oh, yeah. And they were like, this is so weird. <laughs> I don't like it. Like, it's different. What? Yeah, see, I find, uh, I find like those type of filmmakers that make like, I guess same with like Charlie Kaufman and stuff. I think they're literally just making movies for like people who love film and like film students and stuff. I because so. I tried, I try to show like Charlie Kaufman movies to my family and they're just like, this is weird like try to ex- explain being john malkovich and they're like i don't want to watch i was like no it's good though it's like you, you should watch it it's good and they're like no it sounds weird i'm like yeah, but I, it's good i i could not show my family being john malkovich malkovich would, malkovich they have a it's my head shorts it's my head i will see mm. you in court <laughs> i love that part um but anyway, another movie that I watched recently, The Godfather Part Two. For the first time, or um, for the same time because I, I watched The Godfather like a while back mm-hmm. when we were doing the top five Oscar Best Picture winning films. Yeah, and I was like, and then they were doing it on the Cinephiles. Shout out to the Cinephiles podcast, great podcast. But not as great as ours. Listen to ours first. Yeah, I know, um, right? We got to get them to shout us out. That's what we need. Yeah, we need to get, yo, Steve Morris, John Roca, hit us up. But anyway, uh, The Godfather part, they're doing it on their, they like run down films like scene by scene on their show. Yeah. So they're doing The Godfather and Godfather part two. Started listening to The Godfather part two because I'd seen it before, but when I was really young, like 13. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't really remember a lot of these parts. So I went and rewatched it. And Robert De Niro, like mm-hmm. one of his, the performance that kind of like made him a star. It's all, it's mostly in Italian. Yes. Like what a guy, what a guy that can like, what, what kind of movie that can be like this, like mainstay of American cinema of like one of the best films of all time 
through general audience's eyes and be like 80% in Italian. What's funny about this movie is it's like, it's two movies that have just kind of been stitched together. Well, actually, yeah, maybe 50% Italian. When you think, cause like, yeah, well, all of the, all of the flashbacks are pretty much 80% Italian. Yeah. Um, but like the stuff that's, I guess, happening in the future or the future for them, not for us, cause this is in the past, but <laughs> yeah. in context to, uh, Corleone, Don Corleone, this would be the future. Um, that's mostly in English, but all the stuff that takes place in the past is in Italian. And not only is it just like in Italian, but you're kind of almost like happy that it is, if that makes sense. Like you're yes. like, it feels good and right. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, I feel like anyone else did that would have felt like a gimmick. Feels so nice to just be sitting there listening to Italian. And Robert De Niro definitely deserved an Oscar for his role. He look, he's like, he's sitting there and he has like the like perfect like subtly mantras of of Marlon Brando from the first. It's movie. actually really well done. Yeah, it's like you like, see how he would become Marlon Brando. Yes, you see it so clearly. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's crazy good. The question I have for you is, do you like it more than Godfather 1? I don't know. Because I, I love all that Italian stuff. Like, it's so good. But, like, every scene in The Godfather, the original, is just like, this feels like, this feels like legendary. This feels like perfect. It feels like it just feels so amazing, but like all that Italian stuff. So, oh, mucho, mucho better. But in the second one, you also get, you broke my heart, Fredo. I mean, yeah, that already bumps it up a point in my eyes. That's pretty good. Yeah. Bob and Godfather 1, you get the head, the horse head in the bed. Mm-hmm. Oh. Godfather 2, you get like that like beautiful sequence when like, um, Vito Corleone is, is like shooting the gun at one point. It's yeah. Like, you were like a makeshift, like it's like a cloth to silence it. And yeah. it like catches on fire. It's just so like everything, everything about those two movies are so like beautiful. I've never seen Godfather part three. I've seen 30 minutes of it and I turned it off because I wanted to preserve the memory of how I enjoyed the series. Um <laughs> <laughs> no thank you apparently there's like a new version what like a re-edited version a re-edit of the godfather part three i'm good they're like i don't think you can save sofia coppola's performance in the edit no (laughs) i don't think you can i'm sorry no offense to her though because she also is awesome just not in that mood she's an awesome director yeah no she's (laughs) lost in translation but just that particular movie was not for her. <laughs> but like they were going to cast Winona Ryder. I think she would have done better. I think she would have done better, but I'm like not sure if like, I'm like Winona Ryder in like the Godfather universe. That just feels weird to me. 
I don't know. I still haven't seen the entire third movie. I stopped it, so I, I have no clue. I, I don't yeah, even I know how it ends. I haven't seen it either, so I'm gonna watch. I it. haven't even like listened to how it ends. Like I don't, I don't know. Oh, well, there you go. How does it end? I don't know. Well, I know how the, how it ends. How should I tell you? Yes. Oh, uh, Al Pacino dies. <clears throat> I kind of figured. Does he get killed or is it like a heart attack or something? I think it's a killing. Oh, does he go out like Scarface? No. I think it's more of like a like a I think he gets shot on some steps and he's just like, oh does it does like Miranda fall. And then Sophia Wait, the Mar- like the Papa! Fall when he's with the oranges or the Marlon Brando fall when he gets shot in the car. And he like falls onto the, like the hood of the car. He's like, Ugh. or is it more of a an orange's fall? Maybe hood of the car. Hood of the car fall. It's like, like rolling off the car, and he's like, oh. I love the classic. This is. Let's do that. Yeah. If you can't see us, we're doing some flailing right now. Yeah. Um, Sunny. Sunny has a pretty um, extreme death. He's more like. Like yeah. he's he kind of goes for it. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um what movies have you seen recently? Lots. I watched a lot. Um one I think I told you I watched one hour photo. Yeah. If you want quick ratings, one hour photo would be a three out of five slates. Drive, four point five out of five five slates. Oh wow. I really like drive a lot. Also, um, the soundtrack's been stuck in my head for like five days. Real human being stuck in my head. Um, just rent free up there, rattling around, rattling around. Yeah, you know the song. You know the song. Um, what else did I see? Oh, I saw Ed Wood. Ed Wood. I'm gonna watch that. Four out of five slates. I really liked Ed Wood. Immediately. Um, then Red Line four out of five slates i need to watch that too it's good it's good um i think one of the movies that one of our uh, professors compared it to he's talking about like that compared to saving private ryan mm-hmm. i'm undecided which one i like more wow but okay i love but it's saving like for private different ryan. reasons yo i love Sa- for saving private ryan too but thin red line is like I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's this it's it's depressing. It's like really introspective and sad, and it's kind of about how like like I think the first shot. Did you guys do that in in David's class? Yeah, yeah. We looked at like the the alligator or whatever going under the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like it's about survival. And anyways, it was really good. Um, what else did I watch? It's like Terrence Malick, so it's like, is it like all beautiful and just like serene? Well, there's like beauty in it because there's a lot of shots in nature in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then it's like contrasted with this like hour and 20 minute just war scene. Oh, wow. Like just people are just getting, there's literally like an hour and a bit of just blue blah. And it's not like glorified either. It's pretty bad. Blue blah. <laughs> It's pretty bad, man. And some people, like, it's not like everyone dies heroically by getting shot. Like, 
one of the characters who you think would be one of the main characters just kind of goes in such a pathetic and sad way. Um, well, don't spoil too much. Sorry, let's sorry. On, let's keep on the down low over here. But it was good. Um, what else did I see? What else did I see? Um, if you want to know, oh. Godfather oh, yeah. and Godfather 2, I think they both get fives from me. Definitely, definitely five slates. Yeah. Easy, easy five slates. Um, I saw, what's it called? Oh, gosh. Was oh, gosh. it? Oh, gosh. One of my, my friends said I should be Black Jim Carrey, and I was like, stop that. Anyways. Oh, gosh. Oh, that was good. That was good. If you can't see it, he did like the face. Yeah. It was good. Did the, the, the Jim Carrey. All righty then. Okay, anyways. All righty then. Yeah. That's funny <laughs> because like the people who are just listening to this don't know what's happening. Uh, <laughs> uh, I saw never, was it never, rarely, sometimes, always? Is that the name of it? Never, rarely, sometimes, what? always. What? What was that one? Yeah, about? It's a, I've um, heard that. Dude, it was so good. It was so good. Um, it's about it's about this girl and her friend who go on a, on a journey to get an abortion. Oh, yes, I've heard of this. And it's shot on film, baby. It's shot on film. Shot on film. Shot on film. I'm not like it. I've well, I've never really shot a movie on film. But it just seems like a headache to me. Yeah, but that's why I appreciate it. Because it means, like, when I see shot in film, I know that someone cared. You know? Someone cared to do the, the extra step. So, yeah. That's the same with marriage story. A piece of it's like you know that someone, like, cared to do this for you. I feel so cradled by it. Oh, it's shot on film. And it just it yeah, takes yeah. me to sleep. Um, that yeah. movie, I'm going to give a 4.5 out of 5 slates. I really liked it. Um, Golly gee whiz, Batman. Where did you find this film? Um, it was on Crave. I'll go find it. I'll go get it. Go I saw it. The Sound of Metal. That was the other one. Or Sound yes. of Metal. Sound you've of Metal. already seen that, right? Yes, I've seen that. Yes. It was oh, on dude. my top five. Yeah, it was. Now, no. Rizzy Boy is a good actor. He's a very good actor. Oh, it's so good. It's so it's very good. Um, yeah, just the like the loudness, like juxtaposed with like the quiet moments of like, dude, that was that's honestly the saddest first half hour of a movie. Like, I was so depressed. Yeah, because like ah, uh, because like the first the first morning or whatever, and like they're listening to music, and it's all the sound design of like this stuff that you wouldn't usually even think about yes. in that little trailer. And the next day, it's just like, and you're like, oh, man. And it goes quick. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, and I like, oh, dude, the ending was also fantastic, which I won't spoil here. That that scene when he like goes back to the guy and he's like, I did the thing. He's like, you you can't stay here and like oh my gosh oh that was awful yeah yeah no it was really good man um 
that was great. And then I think I told you I saw Unhinged, <laughs> which is not on the same level of any of the ones that I just said. But what would be your rating for Unhinged? A one out of five slates. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, a one? It's All entertaining. Right. Like I laughed and, and the whole time a whole family was entertained, but it's not like a good movie. And also, how did I describe it? I was like the big running joke in my house for a week after we watched it was like, ooh, don't be mean, or if like fat Russell Crowe's gonna come and get you. It was like it was like the boogeyman. I was like, oh, better eat your broccoli or fat Russell Crowe. It's gonna come. It's like He's come. I hear monster. him. The trees are swaying. Um, yeah. But I would say watch it anyways, because it's hilarious. I think that's enough cool down, enough to like cleanse your palate of the of the of the passion that we have laid out before you. But now yeah. let's do let's do a little natural. All right, everybody. You've been listening to what the oh I sorry, I turned my light down one. You've been listening to babbling with the boys <laughs> i'm cross gervais uh, well wait, you're what? you're spencer Fleming. no yeah you messed up wait I, did i mess up or did you i think i messed up oh because i was just uh, so intrigued on what the well f- i was like trying was. to turn the light to adjust because i realized it was like in a weird place and then it just like went into my face um oh. but my name is spencer Fleming, spicy Fleming, spence the chef and um, I hope you found this episode slightly entertaining with my half and hopefully educational and it made you want to watch these shows. That's what I hope. I hope that you want to watch the shows now. Um, at least give them a try. So that's me. I'm Carl Gervais. Go watch wrestling. Go find it. Go dig through as many channels as you have to to find the beauty that is pro wrestling is a beauty um and check us out on instagram and facebook and check us out on the youtube but if you're on the youtube check us out on the podcast network on the spotify on the apple podcast on the google crisscross it yeah Chris cross reference the data and have a good easter it's easter i don't know it might be easter by the time we release this jesus Okay, well, that's like in a month. Um, also, quick apology. Sorry, uh, John P. Diddy Penhall. I forgot to hand in my um, script breakdown assignment. So if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. But you'll Why are you it. doing this on the podcast? I don't know. I just, maybe he'll listen. Okay. Adios. Stay <laughs> spicy. <laughs> okay, goodbye, everybody. We love you. Stay spicy.